Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the third episode of our podcast, Listen to Us Talk. I'm Zara Mar, one of our hosts. I'm 17 and I live in Brooklyn. Um, if this is your first time hearing about the Non-Standard Project, essentially what we are is a youth collective that aims to build pan-racial solidarity and build BIPOC communities of support. Um, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about a variety of social issues, um, usually kind of from a Gen Z lens, because obviously that's the perspective to which we can speak. Um, so with that being said, we'll have the other hosts introduce each other and then we'll get into the topic for today. Yeah, so today we're going to be mainly focusing about liberal leftist tension, specifically on um, platforms like TikTok or social media, where it's very much predominantly youth dominated. Um, and so we wanted to know that over quarantine has been a place for a lot of politicization and radicalization for a lot of youth um, because we have been exposed to a lot of social media focused on politics. And so there's especially been a huge rise in the self-identification of leftists. And that is who consider themselves more far left and radical than like democratic socialists or like moderate liberals. Um, and so now the left has been divided in between this more moderate which is like leans liberal and a more radical leftist stance and because of that there's been a lot of tension in the left that we have very innovatively coined liberals versus leftist tension um and so yeah yen um hi i'm yen and i'm in 10th grade um since the media often use liberal liberals and leftists inter interchangeably we just want to outline some differences um while liberals are often pro gun control leftists are not and often believe in armed often do not believe in armed revolution. Liberals are usually pro-choice reform or defunding, but most liberal, most leftists are pro-evolution. Liberals inherently believe that capitalism can be reformed, that the system is broken but can be fixed, while leftists believe that cap capitalism can't be reformed and the system cannot be fixed. Th and these are only some examples of the differences between leftist and liberal ideology. Yeah, and just for a little bit of a disclaimer to preface the conversation, obviously we're going to be talking about the, the differences between these ideologies kind of broadly, just based on like how we understand um, the political stances from liberals and leftists. Obviously what we say in this podcast is, does not apply to every single self-identified liberal or self-identified leftist, but just like our general perceptions of the ideology as a whole. And we'll also put something in the caption that can kind of give you a more extensive understanding of the differences in case you want to know more about it before listening. Um, so we kind of wanted to start off with just like a general like kind of prompt to prompt the conversation um how has liberal leftist tension emerged on tiktok and what have y'all seen this tension i think i think something that um a trend that has surfaced tiktok a lot which i'm sure a lot of like our viewers have seen is like what i would get canceled for if i was on leftist twitter and so it's a lot of people saying things like I'm actually pro-capitalism or like I'm defund the police or like I um, believe in gun control or et cetera, et cetera. And like, that's a lot of stuff that people have been commenting with that trend. And like, well, A, I think that the trend has been misplaced because I think if you're obviously not a leftist, leftists would disagree with a lot of your political ideologies. Um, but I think that like the trend has created this theme of people self-identifying as leftists without actually adopting leftist ideologies and me like I just like prefacing I personally don't identify as a leftist but I also do identify as more radical leaning that being said I am not the most radical person on this earth but um 
I think that because of this trend, a lot of people have adopted left leftism as like a very trendy, like TikTok, like political thing to be politically correct, where they when they don't actually agree with a lot of the values or like ideologies that left like radical leftism actually like supports and like upholds. And I think that de-radicalizes what leftist ideologies is really about. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like that only plays more into the confusion about leftists and liberals because you have these self-identifying leftists that are, um, they don't actually believe in what they are parading or putting out. So then other people who might see this, they're, oh, they're like leftists and it just creates more confusion. And then also with tension about pointing out and calling each other out with like, I will get canceled for this. It's like, you shouldn't say that. That's wrong. You know, it just further polarizes the two sides. Yeah, and I think also part of what I've seen, like I, th- I think the reason for it that I've noticed is just like recently what's been emerging is like a lot of people know they don't necessarily agree with a lot of liberal ideology. Like they know they don't agree with that. And what has been like popularized is leftist ideology, like it is like I identify as a leftist. So they immediately are like, oh, well, if I don't agree with liberal ideology, then I must just be a leftist without actually looking into what that means. And so like a lot of people, which I've noticed have, who have done that trend, who have been like, what I would get canceled for on leftist Twitter. Like, I'm sure that they mean well. And I think that like, obviously cancel culture is a whole different subject that we can get into another day. But I think clearly it's like, you don't really know where you lie, but you know, you don't agree with one thing. So you're like, okay, well I'm, I'm the other thing. Um, Which I think is part of the problem of, of, social media in general, but like especially TikTok, I think it can be a really useful tool to spread information, but also because of, first of all, literally just how short the videos are, it doesn't really allow for you to ever like put a, come across, like to ever create a whole entire point. And so you can never get the entirety of an, of an idea from a one, a maximum one minute video. But I think a lot of people just like watch the video and assume that's all there is to whatever that person is talking about. And I kind of agree with Yan. I think that is what causes a lot of the confusion is like, you can never fully inform yourself off of a one minute video, but people have been trying to, which is just a little bit strange. I definitely think that social media has perpetuated this very, as the left, as like a very binary, I guess, thing where like you are either a leftist or a liberal or, you know, maybe you're socially you're socially liberal but fiscally conservative which is like a whole other topic but I think that this like politics has like often been referred to as like a spectrum that like you lean different ways of the spectrum and that doesn't mean that like necessarily my views on gun control reflects also like my views on let's say abortion or whatever like they could be like like I could be like pro-choice but also be anti-gun control which like defeats a lot of what like liberal like um ideologies is that you are both pro-choice and both both like pro-gun control and I think that like boxing ourselves into these like I am I have to believe in every single leftist ideology uh, a gatekeeps like radicalism but also um perpetuates us like, like us or them and like I think it like makes sense because like humankind like inevitably like we want communities and we, we like people we're like a very social like biologically like a social people and um that makes sense that we want to find like a community that like agrees with us politically and that we can like bond over like politically but I think that also like 
we inevitably like people who don't identify who don't actually agree with a lot of leftist ideologies identify as leftist because they want a sense of community where like we're not prioritizing what the politics is really about and like really creating this like us or them and so like leftists eventually a lot of not saying all leftists but a lot the leftist side of like social media or tiktok or whatever has been a lot of like liberal hate and vice versa a lot of liberal tiktok has been a lot of leftist hate and so it's like you're really just create you're just pitting yourselves against each other to create this us and an other yeah Yeah. and i feel like oh (laughs) and i feel like it ties into the issue of just like stopping a label on on yourself really quickly and that comes with um bite-sized politics and like small instagram posts or tiktok videos so if you agree with one thing you're like oh i identify as this without looking really further into it but i feel like um social media has played a role in spreading these ideologies and they would serve as a nice introduction for people to go into um like research more about these topics but to simply label yourself based on one thing undermines the political ideology as a whole. Yeah, I think also, I kind of forgot what I was going to say, but I think that if, I think a lot of the problem, not necessarily the problem, but I think a lot of what happens is you kind of, you, you come to be like, you consider yourself part of this community and you're finally like, okay, I found a group of people that I think agree with me. And like, we have the same ideals. You obviously, because they're your opinions, consider yourself to be correct right like if I hold an opinion I don't think that I I don't actively think I'm wrong because then why would I have that opinion and so I think a lot of what I've seen from like the leftist side is if people try to say that they have the same opinion as you and that they're in that community as you but then you both find that you have increasingly different opinions a lot of people have gotten kind of a not kind of offended to the point where they're like they consider their opinions to be what makes them a part of this community and for someone who like doesn't have that opinion or hasn't done the work to get to that opinion, it comes off as like, oh, you're co-opting this movement. And I've seen it a lot with like, we don't even like Hello Kitty says ACAB or stuff like that, or people like ACAB in their bio. Um, I think there is this association that like, it's not a comforting thing to think like, to realize that your entire government system is like horrible and that it should be dismantled. And it's like, like, it's actively draining. So for like, I think that in a lot of ways, as most things go on social media, it does get taken too far to the point where it's like, you don't need to like dox or attack people who have a different opinion than you. But I think a lot of people have put it in a more constructive sense where they're like, it's not necessarily that we hate you for not having the same opinion. It's just that we don't have the same opinion. And that's fact. It doesn't need to be like wrong or right. It's just like, we think differently. Um, But I do see like both sides of how that's come into play. So like, I think we can all agree that like with the popularization of like radicalism that a lot of people have been like radicalized like as a result of that, which we can say is like depending on where we fall on the spectrum, um, like a good or bad thing. But um, so do you think that this like tension is politically helpful or is it more divisive than it is helpful? Personally, I feel like it's more divisive when people deliberately use this to coin themselves and to like familiarize themselves with just this one sect and not learn about all these other opinions. But it could be a nice, again, a nice introduction to learning about these political ideologies and then meeting new people and holding more conversation about our current politics. 
yeah, definitely. I think, like I said previously, a lot of times it does go too far. Um, and I think it's really easy for it to go too far on social media. Like if there's someone who has a large following and they say something targeted towards a specific creator, like it's easy for it to get go overboard. But also I think like speaking personally, the way that I got into, like I, I would say that a lot of people became radicalized specifically like in in the months after May and in the events happening in May, at least like in my personal friend group. But I also think that like a lot of what helped me to really challenge what I thought was like that, not necessarily divisive or like that tension, but was like to be challenged in a way that is not like soft and like wanting to work with me. Like a lot of like people who I looked up to were challenging me on my opinions in ways that like looking back on it in that moment, I was like, this is a little harsh. Like, I don't know what to think, but now I'm a little bit grateful because it did help me to get where I am now. Like it did kind of help me realize that sometimes you need to be like forced out of that mindset. But I also think that there reaches a point where people are obviously uncomfortable with it. And there reaches a point where someone is like, okay, I don't appreciate you like questioning my entire opinion and my existence. Um, so I think it does go too far, but I also think for me personally, it did work to get me to where I am. Um, but I, I do think it's case by case. I think, yeah, I, I think it, it really just depends on you and, and what works for you. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think that like, well, personally, I've been politicized like when I was younger, like years before, but I think it definitely over quarantine was when I became radicalized because of this like because I was exposed to more radical ideas and at first like I definitely was like put off by a lot of things I was like oh that seems like a that seems like a little bit much but then like I took the time out of just like seeing things on social media like you seeing a Hello Kitty say ACAB won't radicalize you that doesn't make you like a radical but like taking the time to actually read like theory or like just like reading other people's like opinion like reading Angela Davis or etc and like understanding what radical ideas mean and like that being said I don't think that if you don't agree with like one tenant like quote-unquote tenant of like being a leftist that you cannot thus be a leftist because I think that's like very like very stupid and arbitrary that like who determines what these tenants are and like which ones are okay for you to not agree with and which ones are not okay for you to not agree with but at the same time I think that like I have been frustrated with a lot of liberals or at least like in my view I would consider them more liberals or more moderate and saying things like abolish the police but don't actually abolish the police or like abolish the police and then rebuild the police doesn't make sense because like that like that in of itself like abolishing the police inherently means to like erase this policing system as a whole like period like and not rebuild it and like that's like a core tenant of what that like movement means and like what the ideology means and I think that when we have this <clears throat> like when we de-radicalize things to make them more like regurgitable regurgitable for like more moderate folks yeah we do have a popularization of it and like yeah we make things more we open more doors for people to become radicalized and I think that's important but I also think that we can't take out the core root of things. Otherwise, 
like abolitionist movements like critical resistance are then like being co-opted and saying like they are like then the their whole movement and all their work gets co-opted to mean something that they never intended it for to mean because other people have taken their work and twisted their meaning and I think that hurts a lot of organizers and a lot of like radicals who are pushing for like ideas that are that are just becoming twisted to fit another political agenda yeah I agree and I feel like when you talk about radical and like the political political spectrum it's like how do you define radical because radical here is very different from radical in other countries you know the freedoms we currently have today may seem absurd like 100 years ago but the freedoms that other citizens enjoy in other countries we don't have them <laughs> like we have to literally there's a huge conversation about um abortion <laughs> i feel like there shouldn't you know there shouldn't even be a discussion pro-choice you know it is a woman's body but like the fact that there is this radicalization of the right and how trump has shifted out overton window to a point where we have to accept um like hmm we have to like literally lower our standards to make them more more um reasonable and i feel like that in itself hmm isn't de-radicalizing but then it just shifts our very idea of radical Yeah, I definitely agree. It's interesting because um, the history class I'm taking right now is about the Black radical tradition. Like, that's, like, what we're learning about. And we were speaking today about, like, the notion of reforming capitalism and, like, whether, like, we were just, like, having a discussion in class. And I, I think it's interesting how many people agree with, like, the conceptual parts of it. But then when when you apply it to, like, the United States they will like back out. So a lot of the people in our class, and I'm not like, obviously I'm not gonna name names, but we we all like generally were in agreement. Like when we had the discussion, we were talking about how like capitalism is not necessarily reformable. And even if you look at like other, like for example, Nordic countries, which a lot of people point to as like capitalist countries of socialist policies, sure there's less like apparent visible exploitation of their citizens, but like companies just outsource labor to, to like, countries like lean economies right so even though they're not exploiting their people there's still an exploitation of people which is like essential to capitalism and everyone like agreed with each other but at the same time when we shifted the conversation to like the united states and like radical ideology within the united states a lot of people were like uh i don't really know if i agree to that point like that's a, like francis said earlier that's doing a little too much i don't know but i think it's because the the conceptual parts of it like the fact that certain systems are unredeemable the fact that certain systems were rooted in exploitation and only work when you're exploiting someone that makes sense but i think people are to a certain degree just a little bit scared to change things like you know you're comfortable how you are because you're comfortable with like how to navigate these current systems you know that they're wrong but you also have like developed a way to go through them so it is kind of scary i think to to consider a world in which sure the current systems that are kind of shitty oh kind of bad um no longer exist but it's a new system it's unfamiliar you have no idea what's going to happen um and so that's a lot of why i think like people are more so in favor of reform a lot of like liberals because there is just a fear of like 
not just something new, but something completely new, like an entirely new system. Um, I understand the fear, but I think a lot of how I have to get over it is like, you just have to get over it eventually. Like you're not going to be comfortable with any kind of more radical thought if you're not comfortable with radical change and like extensive change. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like wanted to like do a quick note that like um, uh, on the topic of abortion that a lot of rhetoric regarding abortion is like very cis heteronormative and it's like, like I've seen or it's either there's cis heteronormative and like abortion rights are only for like women when they're not um, or they're like very trying to not be cis heteronormative and it's like very like it's like liberals not like not like hating on liberals but like liberal accounts who in, in other posts have been cis heteronormative like being like oh reclaim like vaginas it's for all vaginas or whatever like I think it's like it feels very facade-y like you're saying things without um actually following up on that rhetoric and it just seems like you're trying not to be cis heteronormative but you are um but like on that note I agree with like what Zaramar said that I think that a lot of this oh it's a little like I kind of agree with you that the system is broken right like capitalism sucks and a lot of people of color are suffering as a result of that um except I don't think that like the solutions you're proposing are, they're like, a you're asking too much. You're asking too much. We can't do that in 2020. Look at where we are now. You have to be like, like rational, you know? And I think this like, I this argument for rationality has been made in a lot of other contexts. Like I'm thinking about MLK's like letter, it's letter from a Birmingham jail. I letter to letter from, letter from a Birmingham jail. And he says, I believe it would be from right <laughs> from um but he talks about how a lot of um I forget which position in church or I think they were like pastors were talking were like trying to calm him down and be like you should wait like just wait a couple more years and the stuff will come gradually like go for a more gradual eventual shift towards what like what you're advocating for instead of like you're you're being too radical right now and I think this like that that argument for gradual shift is very much rooted on we're going to kind of ask you to quiet down so because you're causing us too much trouble and I think like that is a big problem in what a lot of defend like defending with like liberals if who are defending like capitalism sucks but we have to take the slow route is like it kind of is just like telling a lot of people who are suffering from the system right now to like suck it up and things will get better eventually maybe not for you but for maybe your grandchildren or something like that and I feel like that isn't the best ideology we're trying to promote today yeah, and it just adds to this pressure of like putting pressure on future generations and putting this falsified hope. But when you keep on telling yourself the same things, nothing's ever going to change. Sure, we can have these incremental changes from this really crappy system, but if the system itself is flawed, we're still in this crappy system. 
literally we will be conceding till we die and then our kids will be conceding till they die like it will never stop um and then also i think like i, I think this really ties in really interestingly to the discussion around like defund the police versus reform the police for like that versus abolition like that whole discourse because i think it's interesting how like early on into the non-standard project literally when we were still called stamp um we made a post that was like you can't be i forgot the wording of it but it was like essentially you can't be pro-reform and pro-abolition at the same time the ideologies are inherently not necessarily i don't think oh yeah it was it was you can't be pro um reform and pro defunding at the same time yeah yeah so i remember that was one of the first that was like one of the first posts that we did it was like the second or third like one that i think got pretty big and i remember a few of the comments just being like sure but you can't say it in this way or like you might be right but there's a lot of like but this and this and that like sure that might be true and it's interesting because we weren't necessarily like providing an opinion or saying you should be one or the other but simply you can't be both especially not in a capitalist system and i remember specifically one of the points that was made in the comments like someone was like okay but you can like for example if you you can like create a reform that would take away money from the police or like a lot of I forgot exactly what the comment was, but essentially like the response was under capitalist system, a lot of the reforms come in the form of more funding. That is how a lot of things get done. So that's an instance in which you look at like the system in which we, the system in which we are in makes it impossible to do things in the way of reform. It literally will not work. It'll fix an existing problem and then bring up a new problem that we will then have to solve with more reform and more conceding and then it'll just never stop um and it reminds me of a quote that i don't remember who said it but it was like you can't fix you can't break the master's house with his own tools you are you will never be able to reform a capitalist system with the tools put into place to uphold a capitalist system it it's just never going to work and i think a lot of i think that again like that is obviously a scary thing to believe because all we know is a capitalist system all we know are the tools within this capitalist system but i also think that once you kind of it it's not as like depressing as it sounds like it's not like once you i almost think that it can give you a lot of hope because that that realization and the education in that is what helped me not just radicalize me but also like what helped me be okay with it and i think that that is what can help a lot of people be okay with it if they just open themselves up to the idea um and also just having communities of people who like don't not don't necessarily have to think similarly to you but who who also realize this i think that can also help i um kind of like what you said i'm reminded by how like it's actually i was surprised by this like liberal versus leftist like tension that you have on the right, you have people wanting like a weaker government or like less centralized and liberals often advocate for like a stronger government. So like reinvesting more money into social programs and like stuff like the government would implement to uplift like people of color or like low income people. And so but then you go to like the more radical left and it's like, reject the government. We don't like the government. Oh, less government, the government cannot do it. And it, it's like really weird because you actually see these like similarities between like conservative thinking and um, leftist thinking. Like there's been a lot of TikToks. It's like, 
conservatives we like actually have a lot in common with you like from like a leftist point of view and it's like like you're pro-gun if usually if you're leftist you know and you're also like for less for like a less powerful government whereas liberals are definitely pushing for a more powerful government and I think it goes back into like the parallel that Zaramar drew up that it's kind of like very similar to the police argument like the funding the police so like if we we acknowledge that the government is not great whether like that whatever that extent of not great is varies for each person but like we can watch the government is 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 hurting people um and we acknowledge that the police is hurting people and so reform the police off like in a capital society you are giving them more money like that's what reform is it's like body cameras and like like different trainings which cost more money and so a lot of liberals are like, let's give the government more money to like reinvest and like create these social programs to like help XYZ people. And leftists are like, no, because we recognize that reinvesting that money into an oppressive government, which we have already rooted out as like the root problem of our issues is like they are oppressing us. Giving them more money, wouldn't that give them more ability to oppress us and like give them more like leverage and like systems and like loopholes and, and pathways to like do whatever oppressing they would like to do um and I think like that's like a very that's like the biggest divide between liberals and leftists is like this under this like understanding of like whether or not the perpetrator can be reformed if we can if it can help us can they solve our problems for us or can we like take the issue into our own hands and solve our issues like as best as we can through like mutual aid or like community care and etc yeah and i feel like a problem of liberalism and reinvesting reforming the well reforming the police is a like lack of imagination lack of the possibility of there not being a police of systems government systems that actually support the people I feel like that ties into the question of being realistic with your goals. Because I feel like defunding the police, we're asking for smaller changes one at a time. You know, we're not like abolish the police tomorrow. But oftentimes we are painted as that. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's really interesting also how every time that I open my mouth to speak, I forget what I was going to say. Um, but I, I think it's interesting, like, thinking about... Um, the, the point about imagination, like they don't necessarily have the imagination to like conceptualize a world in which, for example, there is no police. I think it's really interesting because it's like, what do you think about human nature? Like, do you believe that naturally we need to be regulated and that we need that, like that system put into place to like where there are people in control and there are people who are not in control and those people are being regulated? Or do you, I think that's like where I kind of have not necessarily hit a wall, but I think where a lot of the disagreement has come in between like conversations I've recently had with people in, whether it's in school or whatever, who think differently than me. Um, Cause a lot of times I, so I remember like end of last school year, I was in a workshop at school about like the, like e like defunding police versus abolishing police versus like bad apple theory. Um, and it was like mostly informative, but when we had our debrief discussion, a lot of the questions that people were asking were like, who's gonna protect us if there's no police? And not only does that question come from an immense place of privilege and like that the police only protect certain people, um, but also I think 
there is this just like complete denial or, or complete refusal to even imagine that world. Like it isn't even, I think that people could imagine it if they really tried to, but I think that for, for a number of reasons, obviously I'm, I'm not going to speak to whatever reasons they have. People just don't really want to go there. They don't really want to imagine that world. Um, I think for some people it's like they benefit from the current system. So why would they want to imagine a system in which they don't benefit? But I think for other people, it's just like, it is something they cannot even physically wrap their head around. Like who genuinely, like they're asking in their head, like who would protect us if there were no police, you know? And that question just seems so logical to them. Like, but, and I'm, it's just like, we, it's so we talk about a lot in my critical theory class, but it's just like, there are certain thoughts that just come that are just implicit in our brains. And that like you, unless you're actively fighting against those thoughts, you probably would also immediately think who's going to protect us if there's no police. Um, and so I, I think it's interesting, like the, it's less of a, like, we don't think that people deserve to not be oppressed and more so like, what are you willing to imagine? How far or do you want to go? Um, which I think is pretty, that's like what I've seen in the disagreements between ideology. I don't think it's, I don't think they genuinely think people should be oppressed. I think it's more so like, conceptual things and ideological things and, and just that's what and that's also what's most difficult to change someone's mind about because that is like that's been grounded in them you know like the, you're not going to do that overnight um which I also do understand like I think the way that people change and the way that we come to an agreement is through conversations about these things no I was I was literally you covered um well to be blunt to like to preface what I'm saying to be very blunt I'm not really talking about white people um, more so talking about people of a color and like how we become politicized um, and like then again within people of color we have to also acknowledge that like there's a big role in what class plays that like usually if you are if you are upper middle class or like upper class you like your experiences as a person of color are like a lot different from like a low income person of color and also like then again acknowledging that different people of color have different racializations and thus different experiences. But um, I totally agree with you, Zaramar, that I think like as a, it's more difficult for people who um, have been, let's say radicalized, or even like I've seen a lot of this hate come from leftists that they really just like give like non-radicalized people of color, like a lot of bad things like a lot of bad like they talk badly about them um as in like why can't you self-actualize like this is your like why are you so blind and why are you so like conditioned to the system like why are you why do you believe in the government but like you can't really blame the individual for that like it's not their fault that like the government intentionally did that like we are conditioned to trust the, this the government more than we trust like our neighbors like we lock our doors we make sure like our neighbors can't get in because like our neighbors have it out for us they will steal our stuff right if if we if we ever showed an ounce of care but then like no we will entrust the government with all of our money with all of our like respect and and funds and all everything that we have worked our lives up for because the government will save us or like will help us and I think that like if like it's really really un fair for people to for like 
it, it comes from an elitist standpoint too for like leftists to be like, I'm self-actualizing, you're not, and you're falling into a government trap. Whether or not they are, you, I don't think you can blame the individual for like not being self-actualized because it's not their fault. It's not an individual problem. It's a systemic problem that like exists for a reason. And like we have to be like, that's where I think like both sides, like liberals and leftists and like everyone in between um, fall in this like, and I do it too, have fallen this like very like elitist standpoint that like I feel morally better than you because I xyz and like I think that just defeats our whole purpose of like if the left is supposed to be about caring the like the underdog the underprivileged then like why are you hating on the underprivileged at the same time it just it feels like both savior and like hypocritical Yeah, I think also um, adding on, I also completely agree with everything you just said, Francis. Um, I think adding on to that, I feel like it's it comes from like you kind of perceive yourself to have like woken up and then like to have opened your eyes to like society's wrongs. And then so you perceive anyone who, who doesn't agree with you and to, to be like naive in a sense and you, you kind of think like oh like they just haven't opened their eyes yet like maybe they will eventually but for now I need to either like treat them like a child or like hate them and I think it's interesting because um it, it like basically in the the book that we're reading in English right now which is um The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin he basically like brings up that exact idea like he talks about he's he's referring to white people I believe in this in this but um basically what he says is, um, basically what he says is he refers to, I, I believe, because I'm still writing my essay on this right now. So he refers to white people as his countrymen. And he, the way that he, he personally thinks that, and I'm not even sure if I agree with this yet, I'm still thinking about it, but the way that he believes that we move past this and that we truly reach like freedom. Well, one, he believes that we cannot reach one of us can't reach freedom without the other either we're all free or none of us are and second of all he believes that the way that you reach this freedom is through love and not through like isolation um or integration which I think is is an interesting point because I think a lot of people he even points out like we don't necessarily owe people love that's not necessarily like he doesn't blame people for not wanting to love. And he like references like Malcolm X's teachings. And he talks about like when he's met, like stuff, like when he met Malcolm X. Um, and he says like, essentially, I don't necessarily blame people who don't want to do things through love. In a couple of years, maybe I myself will not want to do things through love. But he does believe it, it's the only way to actually get towards that liberation and to finally get there and to get where we all want to get eventually. Um, and he like specifically says like that his countrymen re referencing white people are literally innocent, not in the sense that they have not done anything wrong, but that they don't believe that they've done anything wrong. And they, because they don't see the truth about society, they obviously won't ever believe they've done anything wrong. And I think that's like very similar to this whole discourse we've had about like liberal versus leftist ideology is just like, you kind of believe that there is a veil over your eyes and you've lifted it and other people haven't. And it can, that can be really draining to like realize that all the time that like society is the worst and that like you're in a, a horrible oppressive like government. And so you get so tired that 
instead of like treating night people you believe to be naive with love, you will like lash out because you want them to wake up faster. Um, I don't even, I don't, again, I don't know if I really agree with his point, but I do think it's an interesting one for this discussion, especially considering that a lot of people, especially on TikTok, have not necessarily been like treating it with love. They more so have been like attacking. So I, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah, and I agree. I, I keep on thinking of this quote from Pedagogy of the Press and it's like, no one can authentically be human while he prevents others from being so. So I feel like if you're putting from this like elitist point of view of like being veiled, you know, like I open my eyes. That's like assuming that everyone is veiled and everyone is blind. And I feel like you can't come from such a condescending point of view when you're trying to spread this ideology and open other people's eyes in a sense, you know, and to treat others with love. It's just recognize others' human, like humanity. And just, even though they might not, you know, they, even though they might not believe in the same things as me, I am, they are not less human than I am, you know? And any of that, we just want to pose the question, can we solve for this tension? Because we feel like this tension is created by, you know, people and perhaps partially by this government and system that we are put into. So can we solve for this tension? And should we even solve for this tension? Honestly, ending on this note, I believe that we, the three of us believe that we can and that there can be such a future. But what do you guys think? Oh, me. Okay. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I think that we, we can solve for this tension. Again, I don't really know how. Um, I, like, that's, that's literally the most difficult question ever. Um, I, I just think that people, I don't know. I, I, I like, actually have no clue. I, I think that there is something in me that does kind of agree with, with, the concept of love and like to get to where we all want to go through love but then I think there is that like the, that part of me that's like no but also I want people to be aware of like I it literally is what we were talking about like it's like if I I just want people to be aware of what, what society we're actually in like I don't know if I would be content with just like not knowing and just like reaching liberation not having known what people had to get through to get to liberation and not having known like the conditions we were working under, like the real, the, the reality of them. But I also think that that is so individualized that that's not even a decision that I can make for anyone. Um, so I literally have no clue. I like, I'm torn, I guess. Every time someone says like, like the power of love, I think of Harry Potter and like Harry Potter killing Voldemort. <laughs> with the power of love and I think it's like it's corny like how do you kill someone with the power of love who's trying to kill you who's literally and I think like I know it's a silly metaphor but I think it's like kind of representative of how like people like how activists operate like if we yeah the government's actually trying to kill us maybe it's not like an avada kedavra but like in like different forms you know and I think like at the same time like is the power of love enough and like <laughs> um it's sometimes I'm I believe in like a more like militant radical ideology that's like oh we there's like really really no hope and even like if there's no hope I I don't think there is but like can we still communicate like be 
together and like work together even if we don't agree and I think we can but it's so difficult because I get so annoyed when people say things like abolish the police but don't abolish the police and like I guess but it's also like stepping out of that annoyance and like kind of hoping that and I don't want to sound like I'm being elitist like I'm like I have unveiled myself and like that person has not but it's like it's it's both it's difficult because it's not just like I disagree with you but we can agree to disagree because a lot of these issues like impact our families and like it's harder to separate politics from the personal and like like whoever says racism is in politics racism is politics like like politics has been rooted in racism and and vice versa and like it's just I think at the very least we should try to stop hating each other like yeah we can get annoyed at each other we can like dislike each other's I there's something we love saying at stand and so don't if you disagree with someone, don't hate on the person, hate on their idea. And, um, I think that's like actually kind of applicable. Like if you, I think we, a lot of leftist liberal attention is from that, like, I don't like your idea. So I'm going to hate on you as a human being. And I think like, we just need to stop doing that. And we can still develop community regardless of like political disagreements. Yeah, I feel like love is a good place to start and that you could build up on that. Not to be corny, but then also just like don't forget like the final goal, you know, because I feel like there are many revolutions that began with good intentions and end up directly in the same system. So, yeah. Yay. Okay. With all that being said, thank you everybody for listening to our fourth episode of the podcast um again we're gonna link something in either the comments or the caption of what we post on igtv that'll have like a more extensive definition of the ideological differences between leftists and liberals just so that y'all can preface this conversation um we also will include probably everything that we quoted and cited in case y'all want to read more about it um so yeah thank you